story, I won't play with you for nothing. I can eat you like her bachi, cause you bad, bad, bad. I just took the doors, all the guinea, now I'm riding and I'm sliding in the sideways, now she call me her zaddy. Rich nigga, shit, I bought my daddy a new pedic. Got a model, gotta think he gotta be him, got a stallion, got a billion dollar corporation, fuck us, Annie. I got millions to go get in a couple bitches to fuck, yeah. You my dog, do we dead? Not a question, but I can't fuck with you like I want, got you ready. Got a million dollars in the wall, in the bag, and got a step down, got it hard, got it cracking on her. Half a million, I just did a warm up for half a million. It's still interesting to hear a Young Thug song where I understand every verse. Because this is a very new experience for everyone who's listened to Thugger. I like, like, I've I've been a Young Thug fan for a while. But you have to admit, even if you're a fan, that you normally can't understand what he's saying. Yeah, there's a lot of, right? So it's it's different. I like it. That was so much fun. That's off the album. So much fun. Bad, bad, bad. But this is a sports podcast, so let's get right to it. Yeah. This is the Last Word Podcast. I'm Steve Artabella. Hi, I'm Angela Lippa. And we bring you, you know, all little facts, some interesting information, some tips. Maybe when we get into fantasy season, we start talking about what's happening to our fantasy teams. We maybe drop little nuggets of knowledge for you. As of right now, I'd like my team to start being offensively better, but whatever, it's fine. I think you also might need to move a piece of your team, but oh, don't worry, we'll get to that. Oh, we'll be waiting for, I'm waiting for him. You can find us, though, on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, because iTunes is gone. Yeah, it's dead. But we are the Last Word Podcast. And there was some fun stuff that happened. Last week, some, some people talking about some stuff that I thought was hilarious. Let's kick off with one quote. Angela, would you like to read a quote oh, from yes. uh, Rockets on. general manager Daryl Moore? Hold on, hold on, because, you know, i got to dig in the, the, the files here. You know, <laughs> Instagram is great when you can save things. So you don't have to worry about liking things. So, so. as Angelo pulls it up, uh, Daryl Morey <clears throat> was talking about his franchise player in James Harden. And obviously, you know, you're going to talk glowingly of your best player. You're going to tell everyone why they're so great. But there's a moment, though, where maybe you go too far. It's almost like comparing yourself to the Beatles. Like saying you're bigger than the Beatles and then calling yourself bigger than Jesus. Because that's what the Beatles did, right? They called Jake's trying to do it. He tried to do it. You see the tattoo, actually, with the yeah. in front of Abbey yeah, Road? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see what happens there. Yeah, bigger than Jesus, bigger than the Beatles. But anyways, um, Daryl Morey. And I quote, this is not my opinion, nor will it ever be. But according to Daryl Morey in a podcast, the self-made with Nadshot, whatever the hell that is, it's just, the fa- it's just factual that James Harden is a better scorer than Michael Jordan. Um, Bueller. Bueller. Anybody agree with this? Anybody? It's just factual, eh, Daryl? Just factual. He's a better scorer, supposedly. You know, um, allegedly. Do you still have uh, do you have, uh, MJ's stats pulled up, or do you have uh, I have, Harden's? I have, I have both, actually. Okay, perfect. I, so I, I've I got some MJ stats. Hmm. We're just going to read your field goal percentage because, you know, it's factual. It's fact that James Harden is a better scorer than Michael Jordan. So let's just let's just go to field goal percentage. 51 and a half, 47, 45, 7, 48, and then 
Those are the first seven seasons of Michael Jordan's career. Inch. And let's not even go with the first seven seasons of James Harden's career. Let's go with the most recent ones, these MVP seasons. We'll start What's in field goal percentage. We'll start in 2013, um, 2014. 45-6, 44, 43-9, 44 again, 44-9, 44-2, in what was a lot of people were calling an MVP season, even though Giannis was the true MVP. True MVP. You know what? Just for fun, in the last three seasons, what are his scoring numbers? What are his points per game? His points per game. Hang on, I got to pull this up here. Points, 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 points. See, this is the problem. If it's basketball reference, it's the final column. Yeah, points per game. Well, I got points. His points in the last three seasons. No, that's that's the points per game, the PTS. PTS, okay. So 2356, 2191, and that was his MVP year. And then last year, 28-18. Oh, it's not actually showing you the put. It's not giving me it's Oh, just it's giving actually me just giving you the straight points. So I'm oh, giving okay. you points here. Ah, uh, okay. So I was like, where the hell is it? Because I was going to read like the points per game from MJ. His three best scoring years, he scored 37.1, 35, and 33.6. I'm going to pull up James Harden now, just for fun. Just for the fucking hell of it, because, yeah. And MJ did not take free, uh, three-pointers, for the record. Well, see, that's a huge part of this, too, is MJ played before the three-pointer was popularized, let's say. Oh, excellent. So last year, highest that he's ever scored was 36.1 last season where he literally had to put the team on his back because he was the only one. I would like to point out that in Michael Jordan's third season, he scored 37.1 per game. So... Harden doesn't have a single season where he scored more points per game than MJ. He also doesn't have a season where he's in what, like ten percent of Harden's or of, of MJ's no, like not, career field goal even, percentage. Not even close. Like you can't tell. Like on Michael average, is about a six percent gap in yeah. shooting year to year, and that's being real generous. Just to call it six yeah. percent. MJ was a machine. I'm trying to understand here, though, because Daryl Morey is the the analytics guy, and I'm I'm big into numbers. I'm big into analytics, especially with baseball. You know that. How, where? What numbers does Daryl Morey have that I don't have access I to? I want to know what magical numbers he's got because, and what magical weed he's smoking because I would like some of it. <laughs> because to one compare when Michael Jordan, we many many. You know, it's an ongoing debate always with him versus LeBron, but many can agree that Jordan's. But at the very uh, worst, it, but the reason there is this ongoing debate yeah, is because of LeBron. Exactly, and it's because of how great Jordan was yeah. that there is this ongoing debate. Because I am of a vintage where I don't remember peak Jordan. No. So to me, the best player I've ever seen is LeBron James. Yeah. But then you look at MJ and you see the stats, you see the rings, like. We look at we. I look at James Harden, and he's not even the best player in the league. Yeah, like to even have there's that, also a point where he wasn't the best player on his team because he, Kevin Durant was. Mm-hmm. And I just look at James Harden, and I see a guy who can never get it done in the clutch, and I see a GM who, if you regard him as better than Jordan, having better scoring ability, 
then why haven't you won? Mm-hmm. Why haven't you been able if his if his ability there's an ongoing conversation. If it's just factual. If it's just factual, and, and according to Daryl Morey, says it's, it's just, it's just fact, factual. Then maybe it's factually correct to maybe call you an overrated GM who just happened to fall into a player like James Harden, where if you're not shooting three pointers, you're not winning the game. And when that when that well dries up of three point scoring, James Harden doesn't know what to do. I'd also like to point out that their field goal number, like the only thing that Harden's actually close in, the more that I stare at these numbers, is field goal percentage. Yeah. And Harden takes more fouls than anyone. And the thing is, it's not even like he's... And like, he plays uh, in the soft NBA. But it's, it's also like he's not... Like he's not also he's he's not better than MJ at that. Like I no. And here's the funny thing: like we're not also the guys on here that are the LeBron haters telling you that MJ is the greatest thing ever, and LeBron isn't because neither of us grew up in Jordan's era. I grew up in the I I grew we, up in the Kobe LeBron exactly. era. That's like, my era. Kobe was the guy when we were kids, yeah. and LeBron was being drafted, and then very quickly, mm-hmm. if you watch basketball, you realize, holy Christ, this kid is good. Yeah, I'm talking about LeBron. I have the numbers in front of me, though, Ange. I'm staring at them. Where is the factual? Like, where is? Can here, someone help me here? Here's here's some. Just like I factually better score than. I mean, we've read you the numbers. I don't know really what else to do. Like, I don't know honestly how else to break this down because also, like, when I was telling Ange to read off the points, it's basically he had 36.1 points per game this year, 30.4 last year, 29.1 and 29. Do you know what I do you know what I I don't see on James Harden's resume? If everything's supposed to be factual here, here's some facts. I don't see all defensive team. I don't see finals MVP. I see actually six for this guy named Michael Jordan. Um <laughs> ten scoring championships. Yeah. Um I mean factual, right? These are factual. We're talking facts. Was a defensive player of the year. But no, 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 let's just talk let's just let's just talk facts, Edge. Let's just talk scoring titles. Like you know what I mean? Ten scoring like, titles. Like let's let's look at this for a second. Ten, ten. Yes. That's, that you need two hands, just like the number of hands he needs to hold up his rings. He needs Not to mention two. all of these years over thirty points per yeah. game, and Harden has one. And the only reason he got to that gaudy number of thirty six point one is because literally everyone was hurt. And if you watch the NBA, if you watch the Rockets last <laughs> year, you realize that, you know, James Harden took all the shots. Yeah. All of them. And, and, and you know what? I mean, they didn't win a title. And he didn't get more points than than MJ. And he didn't do it more efficiently than MJ. I don't understand. Like, I don't. Proof that Daryl Morey is smoking some weed. Like the factual part is what is what's actually like that's actually like, the most frustrating part of the entire thing because we we've literally we're, we're I'm staring at the, the stats you're staring at the stats mm-hmm. I can't look at one of these numbers that proves that James Harden is better at scoring yeah there's no scoring than Michael Jordan they're not better than the only thing he's has a higher percentage of is three pointers because he also volume wise yeah. shoots substantially more because MJ. It was a different. Barely shot any because they didn't shoot them back in the day. Yeah, this is a, it, it, the eras are different, but I'm sure if M, if MJ played in this era, it'd be over. It'd be just he'd be just as dominant scoring. He'd be winning the same scoring titles. 
He'd be winning the MVPs. He'd be winning championships. Like, and he'd be kicking James Harden's ass probably in the first round and not in the third round. But, and if you want to talk some facts here, if he's factually a better scorer, then how come he hasn't won more scoring titles? That's a great question. And how he's come he's factually a better scorer? He's not even a better shooter. He's not even the best three point shooter in the league. No. And those two, they, two of them, I think, are they play on the same team. Hey, you know who's factually a better scorer than James Harden if you want to look at the numbers? Steph Curry. Yeah. So James Harden's not even factually the best scorer <laughs> of this generation. I mean, we're talking facts. Actually, factually, Kevin Durant is the best scorer of this generation. Mm-hmm. I agree. So yeah, Daryl Morey, whatever you're smoking, just you know, some? send a care package. Send a care package to everybody. It's legal here. I yeah. don't know about Houston. I know a lot of states are decriminalizing. You can, and- De- you can go to Denver. Maybe he is in Denver. Who knows? Yeah, probably. Maybe that's, that's where this podcast is located. Maybe, but all I know is, is out, out in LA. If, if you're going to make statements, Daryl Morey, like this, you better come you with make some facts. Factual statements. You better come with some facts, and you don't have the facts because if we were talking about facts, the only conversation that we can have about someone trying to be factually a better scorer than Michael Jordan is LeBron James. Well, and score, that, we could talk about Kevin Durant. We could yeah. talk about Steph Curry. We could talk about LeBron. LeBron James. But I can tell you that factually, James Harden is not a better scorer. No. Not today, not tomorrow, and not in five years. Never. Never. Sorry. Facts. Now, guess we'll move on to hockey. Yes. Even though I'd like to just ignore hockey. Uh, Even first, Steve, we live in a city that's Toronto, and it's a, a, it's, they're just as crazy. This is one of the craziest hockey markets in the world, uh, next to the Canadians, the Montreal Canadians. In fact, they're just as crazy. I'm sure that they have people hiding in trash cans outside of players' houses. I'm convinced of it in both cities. Oh, 100%. There has to be. There's probably some dude living in a bush at Mitch Marner's house. Guaranteed. And then there's another guy from the same paper living in a bush in front of his dad's house. Yeah. Do you think they correspond? Do you think they like Probably. cross paths? Like they they, they hang out at the same Tim no, Hortons. They, go they gotta talk. They gotta they gotta communicate. Yeah. Wait. Okay. Uh, Paul's leaving. Paul's leaving. He's on the way to Mitch's house. I don't know. We don't know. All right. Someone get in, on the phone with the guy in the third bush yeah. in front of the agent's house. Is he even? Tr- I don't think he, he's. Well, he lives here. I know he lives here, but is he at a cottage? Is well, he, he posted at, that video of him. Yeah. Wake surfing, I think that's what it's I called, because it wake wasn't boarding. wakeboarding. Not a, oh, wake he had the, it wasn't the one that was like attached to your feet. It was the, I think it was a wake surf, like wake the one surf. you could jump okay, off. Okay, yeah. Weird inside sports thing. Um, no, he's he's he lives here. Okay. He might visit that cottage, but like he lives here. He can't get away from. Him. We talked about this. It's not like William Nylander, who go to Sweden and forget about it if he really wanted to. I just I. <laughs> What's going on? We had this conversation last week. You know what I mean? Like, it's just weird. It's just very weird. I just like I love how go- the worm has turned so much, though. Buddy, the worm that, is gone. Never mind the worm turning. Well, no, just like the amount of people that are coming at him, and like, here you, you the news that brought this up was the 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 fact that Mitch Marner and his agent have had talks to. Warm up and maybe play for the Zurich Lions this season because of the contract dispute. How much money is he asking for again? Or speculated that he's asking for Supposedly, again? it's what, 11 and change? 
11.6. So he wants the Austin Matthews contract. Yes. So you're going to play for 500 grand in Switzerland? That's what's going to happen? Really? So the, the, the 11. But you're going to take 500K to go play. And what the fuck is going on here? Also, by the way, I saw this on Twitter because I don't want to completely take credit for it because someone tweeted this and it was gold. Mitch Marner looks at Austin Matthews. Austin Matthews gets 11.634. Mitch goes, I want that. Austin Matthews played for the Zurich Lions. Mitch now goes, I want that. What's going on here, Mitch? There's a lot of things. See, I I, I would believe that Kyle Dubas does not want to back up to have give him a four-year, a five-year contract. No. Because if he does, then that involves having two big, all three, three free agents. Because of, yeah. Because of Nylander. Nylander and signed Matthew. a six-year deal, yeah. but it actually, he burnt the first year of it, right? So it's... Yeah. Nylander, Matthews, and what would eventually be Marner, all coming off the books at the same time. Armageddon again. And this time, they would be just free agents, unrestricted. No RFA tag attached. Exactly. And it could put the Leafs in some serious, you know, situations because, well, let's be honest. Money is not an object to the Toronto Maple Leafs. There are a few organizations with money problems. The Leafs is not one of them. And as long as I probably live on the face of this earth, they won't have money issues. They are a machine. Yeah, I would hope so. Okay. I'm hoping. Yeah. You're hoping. Unless if they some, have money issues, we got problems. We got some, real problems. Yeah. Then what's going on with the budget? Who are you greasing? What the hell's happening here? But I understand where Kyle Dubas is coming from. But Mitch Marner's, you know. Like you said, the worm is starting to turn, and it's starting to look like a little bit childish because you don't play a position that warrants $11.5 million. Exactly. Okay? When I look, minus Artemi Panarin because the New York Rangers are so desperate because they- They can, had to do that. They had to do that. They had no choice. Yeah. They fell into Capocacco, who will see what happens. But the Rangers, let's go look at their draft history. Haven't done too well. Most of the guys they get are- Ryan McDonough. They traded for. They traded for. Well, they drafted Chris Kreider. They drafted Chris Kreider. And uh, Henrik Lundqvist back in the day. Like, like, a, the like a dime. Like you, you, you throwing the darts at the, at the dartboard blindfolded yeah. and one hand tied behind your back. I'm trying to think of like the last actually Chris Kreider. Serviceable NHL players, but nothing that's ever going to win you a Stanley Cup. They traded for Rick Nash. They traded, they like Yammer Yager. We saw how that experiment worked out. Eric Lindros, Chris Drury. Like these are just older players. Back in the day. Back in the day. Now the Rangers haven't had to do that yet, but now they had to go and do that. So other, outside of that, a guy who plays two ways out in Las Vegas doesn't even get 10. And many view him as the top player in his position. And uh, he was an unrestricted free agent. Yeah. Now, I understand this is a, a different set of circumstances because we will not see a crop of RFAs like this probably for a little while. 
in terms of the I don't know if we'll talent. ever see this many like this. Like, like the, the draft, like the two drafts basically that these guys came out of, because it's guys that like waited a year, right? Mm-hmm. Guys that played immediately. Like these are the highest end. To have this kind of list, to, to have just to have I'll, a couple I'll, of them, it's it's it'd be one thing. But to have, yeah, go th- to like, have to have you 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 can build you can build a team just based on you can build a first line and a second line because you have Brandon Point, number one center, Mitch Marner, Brock Besser, uh, Miko Rantanen, you know uh, Patrick Laine. You have uh, Charlie McAvoy, Kyle Connor, Kyle Connor. You have uh, Ivan Provorov, Ivan Provorov, uh, Zach Rowenski. Like you can build. Two lines of teams. There's also like these are also like centerpiece yeah. players. They're not like you know like oh they're not nice Dustin Penner. Yeah, no, exactly. These are center. Like I can build. You know what? Give me Ivan Provorov and I will build a team. Give me Braden Point and I will build a team around him. Like these are foundational cornerstone players. And like, do you think you're? As valuable as, well, let's say Alex Ovechkin, who is the best scorer of our generation. Yeah. Like, uh, are you. So, in terms of cap it, John Tavares makes 11, and Austin well, Matthews. And, and, and also, are you even really sure you're better than John Tavares? I think we had this conversation on the podcast. You look at the history of guys that John Tavares plays with. Yeah, is Mitch Marner better than Kyle Ocposo and Matt Molson? Oh, fuck yeah, he's better than Kyle Ocposo and Matt Molson. So he's going to have more points than those guys had. He's not solely responsible for John Tavares scoring 47 goals. John Tavares' 47 goals are pretty responsible for a lot of Mitch Marner's points. And yeah, they help each other. It's a symbiotic type of relationship. But people saying uh, here's here's another thing. People saying that Mitch Marner is the best player on the team, I think, are wrong. Because I don't think he is. I think John Tavares is a massive part of Mitch's success. And I think Austin Matthews, when he is fully realized, is gonna be better than both of them. He's already better than Mitch. It's hard to play hardball in the NHL. Yeah, when you're a winger, it's different when you're a center. But when you're a winger, it's hard. It's even harder when a player named Nikita Kucherov, who when he signed his deal had just come off a hundred point season, and he fell off and was an unrestricted free agent. I he, think he had one UF. He probably had one one RFA more. Year. I think he had one more RFA year. But then he proceeded to sign an eight-year, $76 million contract, which averages out to about nine and a half. He then rewarded his team with 126 points last year. But if if this is a standard to which NHL players are going to be signing contracts, hey, nine and a half for a 128-point season? Okay, will he have 128 points next year? Probably not. But will he have close to 100? I would yeah, think probably. so. I would yeah. think so, especially if Braden Point's back on his wing. Or, or sorry, if he's wingering line. the Braden Point line. For sure. Braden Point's an elite center. So it's hard for Mitch to be like, I want this because 
Well, Austin Matthews and John Tavares are getting this. Well, I present to you Mr. Nikita Kucherov. Him and Mark Stone make the exact same amount of money. Yeah. So if you, if, if you want to play hardball here and you want to say, okay, give me, like, realistically, the realistic number is 10.5 for five. You're not going to get no, a it's 10 and a half for eight. You yeah. don't get five. You might, oh, you know, that's what it's, that's the hook, right? That's the. You don't get five. Or he gets nine and a half at five. I even think that, like, at this point, I even think that's too much because I'm, I'm sick of it. I'm, the, I'm done. I, I'm, I, I'm at the point where it's like, you know what? I know you're done. I, no, no, I, I'm, I'm at the point though where this is like, you can't constantly ask for, I want all the money, but I also want no term. Because when the offer is, we'll give you what you want dollar-wise, you have to take the term. Well, no, I don't want the term. Well, then the money comes down. And then it turns, but I want more money. It's you're, it's a... Am I having an argument with a six-year-old? This is why I'm done with this. Because this argument now is so played out. People turned on William Nylander, hated William Nylander. We didn't know anything about his negotiations. We know everything about Marners. It's on the open. And his agent does this. His agent used to threaten with the KHL, with Josh Anderson and Andreas Athanasiu. So what, you're threatening with Switzerland? Go fucking play in Switzerland. Go take 500K. I fucking dare you. See what happens. Go play. It affects two things. Okay. It'll affect the Leafs season. Because if this bleeds into the season, it it, it just it's it's not so much affecting the play. If it bleeds into the season, it's a disaster. Because after what had happened with William Nylander, if that happens again with Mitch Marner, and hey, if it all happens the same way, and you know what? Eventually Mitch is back in the fold and somehow they make that cap number work. I I know that they've done this whole circumvention of the cap. No, it can't work if it goes all the way to the tits like that. So they literally have No, exactly. It it can't go that far. It can go go a little bit into the season, but it can't go that far. So they have to do it. Yeah. So if if it starts to bleed into, let's say, middle of... But say something allows that to happen. They trade something. Yeah. You think he's going to hit the ground running? Or do you think he's going to have the same kind of bad start and season that Nylander? Had? I I think it's the latter. Exactly, my, my good sir. So if this gets to that point, it's a failure. At the, it doesn't matter if you sign him; it's a failure. This is a wasted year. Yeah. Well, the have fans in me praise that it it happens, but the knowledgeable hockey fan, I I can't see it happening because. Are you really passing up this opportunity to try to win? Because you have a chance to be a, a contender this year, like a true, true mm-hmm. contender with the with the pieces acquired for at least your top four def- defensemen. Mm-hmm. Okay, even when Travis Dur- Dermott does eventually return from injury, like there are pieces on this Leaf team, like you, you know, you're you're there. You're almost like you're like that, like literally. And I'm holding up like an like a, a maybe quarter of an inch, half an inch. Away from being like, wow, this is like, holy shit, this can really happen. So, I don't yeah. know. Uh, one last piece of hockey news. Ah! <laughs> kind of came out of nowhere. Actually pretty hilarious. Mostly because this team doesn't sign anyone. They just trade mm-hmm. for guys that aren't playing anymore. Because they don't have any money to pay people. Mm-hmm. But the Ottawa Senators 
inked one of their players to a contract extension. Colin White is going to get a six-year, $28.5 million deal. That's an average annual value of $4.75 million. And if you're wondering who Colin White is, he was a first-round pick in 2015. Last year, in 71 games, he had uh, 14 goals and 27 assists for 41 points. Nice minus 24 rating to Now he's 22 years old, so I can see the idea of the Sens signing him with the assumption that this is only going to get better because he's someone they've been talking about for a while. You know, wait till Colin White gets here. He's going to be the center. He's going to kind of take this team. You know what I mean? He'll be part of that next core. Okay. Nobody screams to me. What? Third line center. He <laughs> looks like a third line center. His numbers suggest he's probably a third line center. Now playing in Ottawa, hey, me and you can be third line centers. Okay. I can't skate. Doesn't matter. <laughs> that team's got a bad owner and bad GM and this is true. You know, no goalie, no nothing to show for anything. Like you know, ready to chuck. They got him. Oh yeah, probably gonna. Colin White's probably gonna center that line. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> this is a bad I team. wish there was a video. <laughs> like, I wish there was a video feed right now just to see the look that Edge gave me while he was making that. Ah, <laughs> ah. <laughs> we need a video feed. For four this point something. Four point seven five for a guy who making more money than Nazem Kadri. Yeah, if you ask me, who I'd rather have on my team. Despite him being a complete dumbass when it comes to playing the Boston Bruins in the playoffs, I would take Nazem Kadri because at least I know, hey, there's some ability there, and he's proven it over most of his entire NHL career. You, you know what this reminds me of? I was trying to think of who this. Who, I'm trying to like think of like what is this? Oh, like? this isn't even a real life comparison. Ooh, anyone out there played the NHL video game franchises? Oh yeah. Anyone played the BGM mode, the career mode? It's my favorite mode. Next to Hut, it's my favorite mode, man. Well, you know what you do when you have a, a promising young player playing in your minor league system with all this potential. and You, you, you know what I mean? You can kind of track. You know, if he does this well, I can make this player into a star. <laughs> this kind of looks like that. Oh, he's got one NHL season under his belt. Lock him up. Well, that's the other thing too. It's like there's nothing to show for a twenty one, twenty two years old. Okay, fine. You know what? In the new NHL, like twenty two is old for guys that were first round picks. At this point in your career, if you're twenty one, you were drafted. You were the the draft he was in. Okay, think of. I'll read you just some of the names: Connor McDavid, mm-hmm. established NHL superstar, Jack Eichel. Established NHL, NHL star, first line center player, Dylan Strome, becoming becoming now that he's out of Arizona. Yeah, <laughs> Mitch Mitch Marner, the aforementioned Mitch Marner, pretty good hockey player. Noah Hannafin, yeah, yeah. Pavel Zaka's. It was hmm. actually funny. I want to pull up Noah Hannafin. Keep reading that. I think he got more money than Noah Hannafin. Maybe Ivan Provorov viewed as a top defenseman. And it was at the time, like it was a bit of a project because he was from Russia, but or wasn't from Russia, sorry. He was So he, Noah Hannafin, who uh has been in the NHL since he was eighteen. Yeah. Signed a six year contract extension mm-hmm. worth four point nine five million dollars. 
Interesting. Who had multiple years of, you know, playing top minutes with the Carolina Hurricanes. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to throw that out. Yeah. Um, Zach Rowenski, Timo Meyer, Miko Rand. This is a good top 10 here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Lawson Krause. Okay. He's a fourth liner now in Arizona. Yeah. Dennis Gruninov from Russia. Eh? Plays for Dallas. He'll never see the ice. Uh, Jakub Zborl, <laughs> Jake DeBrusque, and Zachary. Sinitian. Sinitian. Yeah. Yeah, I know his name. It's, then, it's not spelled that way. <laughs> then, you know what? We'll go back because we'll do this after. But a couple of superstars, we'll get to them. And then Colin White's the 21st pick. Brock Besser, like, so Brock Besser can basically go, I want eight and a half because this bum was picked ahead of me, got more. Like, I'm literally worth double this guy because yeah. I had double the goals. Like, these guys, the the names I've, I've basically read off are established NHL players. The and Colin White is, is 22. You know what the funny thing is? We've seen contracts like this before, but when they've been given out, it's... I understand if there's a history, like well, Ken two, Holland three giving, years of giving it. a contract to Nicholas Cronwell. Yes. And everyone being like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's a lot of money for... Mm-hmm. Ni- I'm talking about a decade ago when people didn't know what Nicholas Cronwell was. Yeah. Right? Like, we've seen these contracts. The reason that this is such a head-scratcher is because the Sens no, have no money, they're a tire fire, and, like, nothing against Colin White, but everything that this franchise touches turns to shit. Yeah. So... Colin White <laughs> will be the player that, like, is a throw-in piece in a trade because they need... Because they can't afford to pay him Because they can't anymore. afford to pay him because they'll be making too much. But, you know, it, it, it's fun to, like, rag on the Sens a little bit, but a team I, I, I just... We were talking before we came on the air, and 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 I was looking at the draft to see like where he was drafted. And I said, "Oh, this is the draft where Boston had the three picks." And then I see the three picks after that were drafted. So I mentioned Jakob Zvorl, Jake DeBrusque, Zachary, and Zachary Sinition. Sinition. Okay, a defenseman, a left winger, and a right winger. The next three picks. If you want to talk about, thank God it never happened, and Don Sweeney's in charge, thank and they got a bad, they got a weird scouting department over there because sometimes they find like random like fourth line, like third line players in like the the eighth round or whatever it is that doesn't even exist. But the three picks that preceded those bums, because Jake DeBrusque is really a bum. Okay, he's not like I hate Jake DeBrusque for leaf reasons. He's, he's, pretty he's good an okay second, he's third second third line player. But the next three players are potential, like are they not potential? They are game changers, mm-hmm. and one would have fit nicely in Boston, but never happened. Thank well, uh, actually, all three of all these three but would one, fit really. One well. would have become the fan favorite, one hundred percent. And his name is not Matthew Barzell, but Matthew Barzell was pick sixteen. Pick seventeen is Kyle Connor, who would have been loved in Boston. I already know. That's is he a Boston, Boston kid. I know uh, he's American. Youngstown. Youngstown's Ohio. Never mind. No, but hang on a second. I'll just quickly. I want to quickly look because I got. I can open it. He's from Michigan. Oh, okay. Okay. That would. And the next pick better. is Thomas Shabbat. So you could have potentially had your replacement for for. Uh, Brad Marchand. Your replacement for Patrice Bergeron, and your defenseman defensive replacement for Zdeno Chara. 
Thank God it didn't happen. The fact that Charlie McAvoy and Thomas Shabbat could be playing together for the next decade, I am so happy, is not going to be happening in black and gold. So happy. Thank the Lord. Thank God Boston sucks at drafting sometimes. Thank God. Sometimes they get dimes. Thank God they they screwed up all three. Well, two picks. But you could have had Matt Barzell, Thomas Shabbat, and Cal Connor. Now, before we uh, get to the NFL, you know, we got to do our picks for the NFC South. Yeah. We also got to talk about a uh, former Steelers receiver that is doing some hilarious shit right now. We talked about some dumb stuff, though. (laughs) Daryl Morey. Factually dumb. (laughs) The Ottawa Senators. Proven to be dumb. This one, though, takes the cake. (laughs) The MLB, Major League Baseball, and the MLBPA don't agree on anything, by the way, especially right now. It's not looking good. But they came together to release a statement to all of the players in Major League Baseball. What could this be for? You might be thinking, shit, the PA and the and the league are coming together. Like, hey, maybe they're talking about the CBA and, and maybe there won't be a strike. And Well, no. Hopefully, there won't be a strike, and hopefully, they, they are actually talking about the CBA. Hopefully, there will be gains to be made, but no, 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 no. MLB can't afford a strike. No, they cannot. They cannot this time. They cannot. But um, no, 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 no. Not See, this, this memo sent to all the players from the league and f- re-forwarded by the Players Association to make sure that all of their membership gets it. This happens to be... About some pills you can buy over the counter. Not the ones you buy at a pharmacy, though. No, not your Advils? You know when Cold you're at a gas station, a sketchy gas station? Not even a nice gas station, but like a sketchy gas station. I've been to a few. And they got all that stuff behind the guy. He's like rolling papers and cigarettes. and Then they have that one section. I'm trying to find a way to, like, tactfully explain this without saying the actual shit. But essentially... It's if you have trouble... In the bedroom. In the bedroom. And you are of the male gender. Would you enjoy a natural male enhancement? Or a sexual stimulant? Or... Okay, they're boner pills. I I don't know what to say. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. Essentially, the MLB. <laughs> I love your and the MLB. You're, you're trying to like work around I, yeah, before just... saying boner pills. It's a boner pill. So the MLBPA and the Major League Baseball, like the league, had to get together because this is apparently so prevalent <laughs> to tell their players to stop taking unregulated, probably unsafe, over-the-counter sexual stimulants. Why, you might ask? Because two of their players have already failed drug tests. And the MLB just wants you to know that even if you didn't know what was in that little pill, you failed the drug test all the same. What the hell is going on here? (laughs) How? Were they trying to think? I get it. You're You're trying to work the system. You know, it's a long season. 162 games is a grind. Maybe they just needed it. I just... 
Maybe they just really need it. Well, see, that's the thing. Like, I'm trying to work this into my head. Like, okay, it's sports. It's for competitive advantage. It's cheating. It's got to be cheating. Or they just need it for sex? They do live on the road, you know. I'm that. trying to figure out why that this was such a large issue that the league and the Players Association had to issue a statement to basically say, hey, guys, stop going down to your local drugstore. Not even. Sorry. Stop stopping at random gas stations and buying boner pills. <laughs> like, what? I tried to do this in like the most put-together way possible, it and it hilarious. got to the point where I'm sorry. It's just in order to let everyone in on the joke. This is what's happening. This is what's happening. And here's the funny thing. They mentioned the two guys had already been suspended. Ange, do you have the list of guys that have been suspended for PEDs? I do. So we'll start at the top. This is as of do that. This is as of January the first. Sorry. Yeah, January the first. Eric Skogland was suspended for 80 games. He's a Kansas City pitcher. Stephen Wright. The knuckleballer. The knuckleballer. Francis Martz. Francis Marte. Marte. Sorry. Logan Webb. Starting pitcher for the Dodgers, I believe. Francis Marte, yes. I know, was a uh, No, he's for the Astros. Giants now. That oh, was okay. a Giants player. I know the Astros. He was an Astros prospect. Frankie Montas. A's. Who's having a dominant season. And one Tim Beckman. Beckham. Beckham. Yeah, sorry. So think about that. That's six names that Angelo read to you. Two of those guys got dinged for this. So that's 40% of those guys. I need to know those names. My I know it's not is, allowed. My guess, one of them has to be Beckham because they wouldn't have sent this memo, and he's the last guy on the list. <laughs> so he's guy number one. And guy number two, I could see being Stephen Wright. Boston sucks anyway. They needed as much help. And he's as, a knuckleballer. And he's a knuckleballer. So what would he be taking? Like, what? Like, oh, my God. Massachusetts is a little sketch sometimes, too, eh? You know that, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. They might have some gas stations. Hey, you know what? Hey, you got problems. You got problems. Sorry, man. Sorry to break it to you. You know, you could have just gone to see a doctor. The best part was is the MLB actually followed this up with another statement that basically said, well, we understand that ED is a is a touchy personal issue. Please consult your doctor. Yes. And not Bubba at the gas station. Bubba's legit. <laughs> you know it wasn't Bubba. It was a guy named John. He just did not give a fuck about his job. Like, just... Sure. Because it's all no-name players that are basically getting suspended. Like, it's not like... It's amazing, though, that this is a thing. Buddy. You know what? I wish they would call you. Yeah, it was me. Honestly, and you know what? I'm not like here's the thing. I'm not making fun of ED. I'm not. Making, I'm just I'm making. We're making fun at the fact is that you had to go to a gas station. Yeah, what's wrong with and you? And the fact that you actually took that shit, that you were like, yeah, this, this seems legit. Look, <laughs> Tim Beckham. Was it worth over seven hundred thousand dollars? <laughs> we don't know. By Frankie the way. Montas. Was know. it worth twenty four two hundred forty thousand over twenty two hundred forty thousand? Or Logan Webb. Close to, or I was going to say Chris Archer, but no, he wasn't. Eric Scoglin. Stephen Wright, almost $600,000. Is it like these players, was it worth it at the end of the day? It's a lot of money. Yeah. It's life changing money for some people. I just, only, only <laughs> I can't believe this is a thing. 
that the MLB and the MLBPA needed to tell these guys <laughs> to not take the sketchy shit behind the counter at a gas station. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, one little bit of lunacy before we get into the AFC South. Angelos. Uh, NFC South, my friend. NF- did I say AFC? Yeah, you said AFC. Oh, this is your division. I this know, is Steven's NFC division. South. This is Steven's time. My house. Before we get to the A- NFC South, I don't know why I keep wanting to see AFC. We're going to talk about Angelo's favorite former Steeler. Because, hey, hey, William there's, been a de- there's been a development. Yesterday, and today we were recording on Thursday, August 22nd. Yesterday, so Wednesday, August 21st, Antonio Brown practiced in a league-mandated helmet. Is it over? (laughs) No. (laughs) Not a chance. Not with this guy. Like really? Like this guy? He's for real? He's because uh, he's, now he's like, aren't the Oakland Raiders at the end of their their preseason anyway? All the starters aren't playing. Game four is always, it's the wash game. It's it's the guys who are bubble players trying to make their impact. Yep. And Tony Brown's not suiting up for this game four of the Oakland Raiders last preseason game. Probably not. So he will have gone a, a whole training camp. Off-season workouts. Yep. And OTAs. OTAs, all these things. And not even playing in, in a couple of game steps. Because no matter what you do, practice never actually... Practice speed and game speed are two different things. Mm-hmm. So he will have not seen NFL action since week 16 mm-hmm. against... Is that the Bengals? Or was the Bengals 17? Who did the Steelers play week? They beat somebody, too. Irrelevant to the point. Week 16. Last year. Like. On a different team. On a different team. Different quarterback. Different quarterback. Different offense. Different coaches. Yep. Now, I'm going to speak from a fantasy perspective. How can I trust this man? Going into the regular season. One, that he's not going to pull this, I'm not wearing this helmet, game one, and I'm done. Or he's not throwing temper tantrums on the side. Well, throwing his helmet that's on the ground. no matter what. Throwing his helmet on the ground, breaking his helmet. Like I still think this is going to happen no you matter know, what. There are a lot of, like, did you hear the reasoning for why he doesn't like the new helmet? Well, I originally heard that it was a vision issue. That he couldn't see out of his peripheries when he was looking back for the football. That it was a safety issue. Now, it's kind of a vision issue. But it's not Antonio Brown's vision. It's how everybody around Antonio sees him in his helmet. Because Antonio, Mr. Big Chest, did not like how he looks in the new helmets. you got to be fucking kidding me. No. I wish I was. I I really do wish I was, but it's how he, it's not for safety, not for anything. Because oh if Antonio Brown God. remembers, you know, if he probably was wearing a shittier helmet, his NFL career would have been over, or he would have been severely concussed at the hands of Vontez Perfect. 
Well, I I think he was concussed. No, he was. He was seriously concussed. He yeah. didn't. He was out. He was he was seeing that was donuts. Pretty, yeah, flying through the air. He got hammered. He got hammered, and it has just become a circus with him. I thought it was a circus before. Oof. Hot air balloon entrance, making a stink about you know like you have a young team like the Raiders are a young team. Yep, with a. Coach who is back in the NFL for the first first time, really. This is year two of of the experiment. I'm going to call and it. That also has a history of not getting along well with diva wide receivers, which I went into detail about multiple times. Yeah, like it's just getting stupid. Getting? Oh, it's really it's stupid. Been there. If 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 week one we You've hear something, stupid. if we hear something like. You know, about him not playing potentially week one. Like, oh, man. Like, that's going to be an issue. Do you know how, how many people are just going to freaking lose their mind? Just remember, if if any of you follow NFL memes on Instagram, <laughs> they have a great thing of a clown getting ready. It starts with the makeup, where he live stream, where it all started. Ironically, where it all started. This diva... You know, I'm bigger than everybody sort of personality was when he live streamed after the Kansas City win mm. in the AFC divisional game. Then skipping practice before the biggest must win game of last year's Steelers season. He froze the bottom of his foot. And then he adds the nose by wanting to retire over a safer helmet so that he and his kids can live happily once he's done in the NFL. Like, is he for real? Is this guy for real? Like, I got to trade this bum. <laughs> yeah, you do. I got to trade. I got to be like Kevin. Go- I got to get what I can at this point. But Kevin I don't know. On draft day. Like, I, I don't know if I'm going to get what I want. <laughs> now, I might be able to finesse the guy who's got um, Melvin Gordon. <laughs> Melvin Gordon. He doesn't listen to this podcast. He's a Steelers fan, though. So it's going to be even harder to sell him on the fact that I'm giving you Antonio Brown, but I want your first round pick. He also is the 12th pick, so maybe I package two picks and move up to number one. I take my guy, but I got to message him and see if he if he wants an extra keeper because he's got two holdouts because he's got Zeke and he's got and the other guy. So, oh lordy, yeah. Thanks, Mister Big Chest, for being comic relief at this point in your life. A la Chad Johnson, mm-hmm. very similar paths from the same city. They're best friends, man. When I saw him working out close, with him. I was about to say close friends. When I saw him working out with him, I was like a little worried when I was a Steelers fan. I'm like, fuck, Chad Johnson. Of all guys, like, work out with Randy Moss. I can deal with Randy Moss. We've seen the Chad Johnson effect. Hey, Ojo Cinco on Twitter is awesome. Oh, he's fantastic. Don't get me wrong. I actually love him. He's a funny follow. He's great. Funny fall. Playing FIFA against everyone, just crushing McDonald's all day long. Still crushing McDonald's. And then there was that time where he tried to like get in shape, so he wasn't eating McDonald's, yeah. and then was eating McDonald's at the gym. Yeah. That's Ocho Cinco's a great fall. That's the dream. Eating McDonald's. Oh. It's the dream. Exactly. <sighs> now, on to the NFC South. My division. Welcome to my house. Welcome to my house. I was actually considering playing that, and then considering Flo Florida and the Bucks. I canceled it. Not happening here. 
Okay. It's also why I have Young Thug playing, and I'll have more Young Thug playing on the way out. Atlanta. But in the NFC South, I'm going to go bottom up. Let's go bottom up. Let's go bottom up. I got a feeling we agree on the bottom. I don't know how we'll agree on the rest of them, but I got a feeling we'll agree on the bottom team. We'll agree on the bottom team. Now, I'm worried they got a new coach who I actually respect a lot. But who's really good at working with defenses and. I mean, look what he did with Carson Palmer. I'm talking about the Bucks. I still think they're in dead last because it's the Bucks. And I mean, I'm afraid of what Bruce Arians could potentially get out of Jameis Winston. I'm not afraid of Jameis Winston, though. I'm not afraid of their running game because uh they drafted Ronald Jones last year and he was inactive for the first like six games. I, I, I'd be curious to see how it looks now, with with Bruce Arians there, if well, they if they even use him, if they use him like we see a history of this with with running backs that go high. We saw last, we you know what we saw last year with we saw it in Seattle with um, Rashad Penny. Rashad Penny who went higher than than Jones. Jones, although not that much because Jones was a high second round pick and Rashad Penny was at the back end of the first round. Yeah. but yeah, exactly. Like that's kind of what we're seeing here. Like they're gonna roll out Peyton Barber. Peyton Barber again. They tried that. Like they still have like they still have Mike Evans and I believe that OJ Howard will was a high first round he pick. He was a first round pick. A couple of years ago. They have talent. They have plenty of talent. They have talent. They have Cameron Cameron uh, Cameron Brait, but they have issues with their offensive line. Mm-hmm. And they have zero oh, pass rush and they have bad corners. And bad safeties. Like Vita Vey was... Now, granted, their linebacking core, mm-hmm. Lamonte David, one of the best linebackers in football. Uh, I know Devin Bush is on the Steelers, but it was the other Devon, linebacker. Devon White. Devin White. Devin White, sorry. Was the one drafted by the Bucks. So now you have two cornerstone middle linebackers. Like, you could really put a scary defense around those two guys. But I haven't seen them do that. I don't see a big enough upgrade at corner. I don't see a big enough upgrade at safety. So the DBs, still a problem. I don't see a big upgrade at the pass rush. Yeah, you got JPP. That's it. Domicon, don't they have the Domicon too? Oh, maybe they brought in big Sue. and Domican Sue. Like Vita Vey is... Vita, but but you're, you're also talking like a Domican Sue, Vita Vey. So two D tackles, okay. One D end, okay. I mean, Jason Pierre-Paul... Got to the quarterback himself last year, but no one else on the team did. And you still have Jameis Winston as your quarterback. And until Bruce Arian molds this lump of clay into something, I got to see it first to believe it. That's why I got the Bucks in dead last. Also, too, it's it's not just him, but it's it's the cast around in terms of the coaching staff. Like Todd Bowles is a good defensive coordinator. And we saw what he can do. Byron Leftwich is really a first-year OC, and him having a quarterback like Byron Leftwich, now you're really very similar to him. Now, Byron Leftwich did kind of fix the offense in Arizona. Yes. Kind of, because that was the, the, the fact that they weren't using David Johnson, Johnson was— is, is this dumb—like, one of the dumb— Still makes sense It's almost as dumb as complaining about that a helmet. Coordinator, that former offensive coordinator before Byron Leftwich t- took over should literally never be allowed to yeah. coach again. Because He's because if guys. you looked at David Johnson and was just like, yeah, but 
we're going to throw the ball as much as humanly possible. It's like why with Josh Rosen, you have and a, no offensive. Yeah, line. you have like Josh Rosen is not even the starter down in Miami. So what does that tell Wait, you? That's right, Sam Bradford then Josh Rosen. Like you, you, you didn't want to run the ball. Like why not run? And then the when ball? you did run the ball, you ran it like instead of trying to get you know David Johnson into space. Do you know? Do you know how you make great? You know how you make these young quarterbacks one feel at home and and two especially when they're new to the league and slow it kind of down for them. It's when Ooh, you have a great, a really good running back. Run the rock. You know what they did that for? They did it for Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, it worked out pretty well. Works out pretty well because then he's look how he's developed into the quarterback. You know how the Falcons developed Matt Ryan? They yeah. went and got uh, Justin Turner, who ran like crazy huh? when Matt Ryan was young and needed someone else to help him move the chains. Yeah. You look at even now, even as quarterbacks start to get older, now they can't throw as much. Look at look at we'll get to him when he comes when we get to that pick, but look at Drew Brees, he has Alvin Kamara now. Yeah, and for a while had Alvin Kamara and, and Ingram and Ingram like they were running the rock like, you know the NFL is a pass first league now it's no longer the run first but when you have young quarterbacks you need to run the ball and mm-hmm. I don't even Jameis Winston Jameis Winston doesn't have a running game even now he's like, athletic and fast but it's not like he's a he's not gonna. He's not going to do what Lamar Jackson does. Yeah. This is a team that is either going to fluke into four or five wins, kind of like they did last year, and they were all at the start of the year with Ryan Fitzpatrick as their quarterback. Yeah, when Fitzmagic went on that run. Or it's going to be like the the tail end of the season where they suck. And it's a death march. And it's a death march to being not even a top five pick mm-hmm. and not being able to draft a quarterback. Now, mm-hmm. you might want to draft Tua because, hey, he could be a, a franchise changer for you. You would hope. And you'd need to be bad enough to do it, so that'll be interesting. So it'll be very interesting to see. Now, this is where me and Ange could start to deviate. I, uh, I like how you – I, I realized just now that you wore your Atlanta Falcons T-shirt today. It's that very, I did. Good job. I like it. I like it. Number three in the division, I have the Carolina Panthers. The reason I have them at number three – I still don't know who Cam's going to throw the ball to. Devin Funches? Funches. Bunches of Funches? Funches and Bunches. Curtis Samuel, (laughs) who's basically been hurt for the last two seasons? I I don't... uh, Olsen's great and all, Greg Olsen. Hurt last year. And the year before that. To the point where he was in the booth last year. Cam, who, who's Cam going to get the ball to? Christian McCaffrey's fun. And that's it. But we yeah. also haven't fully learned that Christian McCaffrey can carry the rock between the tackles. Right? Like, you, you have issues. Like, I see issues on this offense. Oh, yeah. The Cam's going to have to be MVP Cam again just for it to be good. Now, they did, they did address wide receiver per se. When they drafted DJ Moore in the first last round year, in 2018, like you you hope he takes a step. Yeah, you're hoping he's he's not a tall wide receiver. He's more of a he's a five eleven guy. See, Steve Smith loves him, but like again, I, I have to see him do something. So you got him, Devin Funches, and Curtis Samuel. I don't know what you're going to get out of your tight end and because he's 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 a Hall of Famer, really, Greg Olson. 
I don't even know if Funches is there. What has he done uh, lately? Doesn't even show Funches here. No, fun. I got Maybe Chris Hogan. Oh, Jarius Wright. Oh, great. Torrey Smith. Deep That's threat. Right. I'm pretty sure Funches left in the offseason. Yeah. But it, you also have to look at what was mentioned about having Cam on a even though it's not they called it a pitch count. Yeah. But he's a he's a fucking quarterback, can't call it a pitch. But basically having him on a count in terms of the throw. So are you gonna like throw the ball less and, and pray to God that you're just gonna run the rock a lot more? Like and, what? and are you gonna protect Cam? Because Cam's still gonna get hit a lot. Yeah. Doing the Cam things that he does. Also, you wanna hear another interesting thing? You just reminded me of this. Talk about pitch count. They said they wanted to limit Christian McCaffrey's snaps. But not his touches. So how do you do that, Ron Rivera? Every time he's on the field, he's going to get the football? Because that's really easy to game plan against. Riverboat Ron, baby. But, like, seriously. We want to limit his snaps, but not his touches. Gotta look at, like, week one. They have to go to, uh, sorry, what the hell? Why is he giving me, tw- oh, this preseason, no wonder. They, they play the Rams. Who? <laughs> they had issues. We they saw had that, some we issues. We still have to get to them. They play the Bucks. Who knows? They're Arizona, they're a mess. They're there. We have really no idea. Houston, who you know, a lot of us view as the second best team in the AFC South potential playoff team. That could be a, that could be a loss. Jacksonville, question marks, but the defense is still nasty, and they're going to eat on that offensive line. Tampa Bay again, a bye week. San Francisco, who knows? Question, lots of question. But marks. also, their D line is getting better. Yeah, like they keep drafting D line, yeah, and they're going to post it this time. Yeah. Tennessee. Plain yogurt, yeah. Green Bay. See how that goes, yeah. and it starts to get, and it also starts to get into November when it's Green Bay, and you know Green Bay in, in November onwards. It's different. It's, they play Atlanta, New Orleans, Washington. Lots of question marks there. Atlanta again. Okay, it's a split. Seattle, you don't know ever. Indy's a tough, a tough team. In week sixteen, they both teams could be desperate. New Orleans. They got a pretty easy early schedule, then it gets harder, and then we'll we'll see what this team turns into. But the funny thing is, I haven't even gotten to their defense. Yeah, they got Luke Keekley. Probably the best line middle linebacker in the game right now. Exactly. Added Gerald McCoy. Can you tell me what corners they have? Uh, and can you tell me how they're gonna rush the passer? With Mario Addison and Bruce Ir- Irvin. Okay, Bruce Irvin, who was cut midseason, mm-hmm. played for the Falcons, and then cut at the end of the season. Yeah. You know what I like? This is this is the thing. Like, I look at their offense, and ri- and literally Ron Rivera is basically telling people, "We're going to start telegraphing what we're doing." Yeah. If Christian McCaffrey's on the field; he's going to get the ball. You're trying to protect Cam, but you didn't invest in your offensive line. You're trying to help Cam. Where's his weapons? The worst thing you can do for a quarterback. Look, there was a time when Ben Roethlisberger, who likes to, we all know, hold on to that football. Oh God, yeah. Find his guy, no matter what. He's gonna gunsling. Take hits, throw guys off. Okay, but there was a time where Ben Roethlisberger had no offensive line and got the shit kicked out of him. Yeah, constantly. Yeah. Then they built an offensive line. That was also now, the time that Ben missed how many games a year? Oh, two he to used three? to miss like two to three, three games a year? a year minimum. He'd be in a walking boot. Yeah. Charlie Batch would come out of and nowhere. Then, and then his foot would magically fit into this specially designed shoe. And he would like <laughs> limp to the playoffs. And like there's 
even limping to the playoffs, Cam, you're done. We saw last year, this offensive line, they traveled up to Pittsburgh. That was the end of them. Yeah. The Steelers ate on them, and that was it. Cam wasn't the same after getting hit by the other Watt brother. Okay? Yep. And he could, he was having shoulder problems, and, and the offense stalled, and the offensive line isn't good enough to protect them. And this is a six. I, I'm going to be generous because I think Cam can win games. See, that's that's the thing with this team is I watched Cam take a not very good offense to a goddamn Super Bowl. Yeah. Can he do it again? Mm, I don't know. Played some. He plays this, He plays some tough teams there that could put him behind the eight ball. This is probably going to end up being a six win to seven win team. It's I just, they could be a playoff. They could be a, a fifth see or sixth. So seed. many issues that I've seen Cam plug the holes in the dam before. I just <laughs> how often like how is that your plan going into a season? It, it shouldn't be your plan, even with your even with Will Greer as your backup quarterback. Like you don't have a backup plan in place. Your offensive line is not the best. You have a tight end who gets hurt every year, and, and Greg Olson is a great is a, is easily a top five tight end in the league. And and Luke Keekley might be the best linebacker in the planet, but he can't cover the whole field. Yeah. He's good. He ain't that good. Exactly. All right. Like it's just there, there's too many issues with this team for me to see to place them anywhere above third, mm-hmm. except for the fact that they have that really easy schedule at the beginning. Yes, but we but saw again, we saw last year when they started off hot. And then, pfft, exactly, they, I they just, fluttered. That's why I have them in third. Now we get to second place. I know what a lot of you are thinking. And no, I didn't put the Falcons as winning the division. I have the Falcons in second place. I'll get to what I think of the Saints. Let's just start with the Falcons. Number one, why I have them in second Matt Ryan's history with new offensive coordinators. It ain't the best. Usually takes about a year. The funny thing is, is it? It's almost like it takes like a like seventeen games because it's almost like it takes a full season. Then the first game of the next season kind of sucks, and then the team takes off. A la what happened with Kyle Shanahan? Yes. Now that's the negative. The positive. They lost a million offensive linemen to injuries, so what did they do this year? They drafted two offensive linemen in the first round and went out and got two versatile offensive linemen. Not stars, but guys that can start, that can come off the bench, and that can play multiple positions. They brought those guys in. They completely solidified the offensive line, which has been an issue in a lot of teams we've talked about doing these breakdowns. The defense is going to be better because it's healthier. Deion Jones is going to play. Keanu Neal is already back. Ricardo Allen is coming back from that Achilles tear. He's on the mend. So your two starting safeties and starting middle linebacker, kind of important positions, are healthy at the moment. As I knock on all the wood, I hope you can hear. Hang on. There we go. There you go. They cut Robert Alford, 
who might have been their second corner, but who I hated with a passion because he was basically a personal foul. And when I say personal foul, I mean a pass interference every time he covered somebody. He's gone. And Steven's They're, ecstatic about I'm it. I'm so can't happy. Hear, you can't hear in his so voice. Happy. He's They're ecstatic. Best corner in Desmond Trufant, still there mm-hmm. and healthy this year. He had a shoulder issue last year. The defensive line is back. They paid Grady Jarrett. Hopefully Tack can stay healthy, but God knows at this point, Tack's been hurt his entire career. It's only this is only year three, and he's been hurt all three, all two, all two years before this. And while they might have lost Kevin Coleman, Devonta Freeman is back and is healthy. This this is the big thing with the Falcons. If you haven't noticed it, I'm bringing up the fact that everyone is healthy at this point. And when I look at the team at this point and I look at the talent, I look at what could be with Calvin Ridley in year two. I know it's a different offense, but it's year two with Matt Ryan. Mohamed Sanu is a nice slot receiver. You have Julio Jones, who's still the best wide receiver in football. You have all the pieces you need to do big things. Dan Quinn is also going to continue because they fired Marquand Manuel and he was the one calling plays on defense last year. Dan Quinn is going to continue to call the defense this year. The last time he did that for a full season, they went to a Super Bowl. Am I worried about what Matt Ryan in this offense is going to look like? Yes, only because I know his history of his first year with offensive coordinators. But everything else about this team, to me, puts them head and shoulders above the Bucs and Panthers and gets them really close to the Saints, who I hate with a goddamn passion, so you have no idea how much it pains me to put them ahead of the Falcons, but this is why I look at the Falcons and I think this is a team that can finish second in this division, get back to the playoffs, and maybe do something. I can see the Falcons being a playoff team, having a bit of a bounce back here. I understand the whole Matt Ryan and having trouble with first-year offensive coordinators and all this thing, but the other thing that probably, like you said, he probably hasn't had this good of an offensive line in terms of the talent they've, they've sort of populated and, and the depth they've actually even added. Not since the Super Bowl year where they finally brought in mm-hmm. Alex Mack. They had, I think it was Jake Matthews' second or third yeah. year. Yeah, they haven't had an offensive line at the beginning of camp even before because guys are going to get hurt. But yeah. even even in camp, they haven't had an offensive line this mm-hmm. good in at least three seasons. Yeah, An offensive line, in case people haven't realized, is pretty key in the NFL. And looking at their schedule, it is a tough schedule for the Falcons. Having to start in at Minnesota and playing the Eagles and the Colts as well, but you know they get you know, a little bit of a break with the Titans. The Texans could be a shootout. That could be a fun game. They play the Cards, the Rams. We still don't know about the Seahawks. You know, then they kind of go through the. They play an AFC South, sorry, an NFC South opponent for the next few weeks in the Saints, Panthers, Bucks, Saints, Panthers, the Forty Niners, Jags, and 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 Bucks. So. There's potential that they could be a 10-win team. There's lots of potential here. A lot has to fall into place. Guys have to stay healthy because that's the key in the NFL. If guys are healthy, you're off and running. We saw this team. This team was a playoff team. 
two seasons ago. And then last year, they lost their starting middle linebacker, both starting safeties, and the reserve safety, and the starting corner. Like, I... We had these conversations last year during the podcast where Ange would ask me, how do you feel? And it was like, I can't even be angry because a fifth-string dude who was literally packing groceries the day before is the one getting burnt. So what are you going to do? What are you going to (laughs) do? But this is a – I think the Atlanta Falcons will will end up being one game back – of the of the Saints, and I think it's going to be closer than a lot of people think. People think because I, for as much as Drew Brees is one of the best quarterbacks to play the game, I think that the Saints have are going to have a bit of an issue, and we'll get into them next. But I think that the Atlanta Falcons are going to be there fighting it out in the final weeks for a chance to win it to host a division game or a wild card game. And make some noise in the playoffs because they have talent. And I hope that your offensive coordinator takes Matty Ice by the helmet, drags him to his to his mouth, to his ear to his mouth, and say, Throw the ball to Julio in the red zone. Oh, that is something that I because if you start throwing more to who noble concept, throw the best player on the field. In the red zone, who's also six foot whatever. That the issue with this is this is something that actually Kyle Shanahan started. That even though I love Kyle, Sh- like the, the funny thing when I say loved is everyone who knows me knows how much I hated Kyle Shanahan in year one of that offense, and then loved him in year two. But this was a Kyle Shanahan thing that Steve Sarkeesian adopted of ignoring Julio in the red zone. Stop it! <laughs> Steven just grabbed the mic. He scared me. He's the best player on the field. Give him the football. It's a noble concept. Ha- Deshaun Watson got it. Right away, by the way, I might add. Yeah, Nuke, that guy. I'm going to throw it at him. All right, all right. Number 10, always open, dreadlocks, that dude. Easy throw. Matty Ice, do the same thing, and you'll be in the playoffs, and you have a chance to go to a Super Bowl again. Avenge a loss. A loss. It never happened. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. It never happened. I don't know what you're talking about either. Which obviously brings us to the Saints. Yes. As it seems that we did have this in order. I have the Saints at number one. I'll get to why I think the Falcons could catch them in a second, but the reason I have them sitting right now at number one, Drew Brees, Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara. That's offense. And then on defense, and I Marshawn Lattimore, I almost forgot his name. Sheldon Rankins. And I'm gonna Cameron Jordan. Cameron Jordan. I was about to say Jordan like the tight end. I yeah. still do that. If you don't know what we're talking about, there was a tight end named Jordan Cameron, and there's Cameron Jordan, the outside edge rusher, and the names are spelt exactly the same, just reversed. It's amazing. And if you ever watched the league, which is a great show, they had Best a like a, they, they had a little bit where both of them were on the show, yeah. and a guy drafted Cam like again, you have, yeah, you gotta watch the show, watch, watch the show, watch the show. It's it great. was excellent. Yes. They still have. They have a defense that in the last two seasons started atrociously and by the end of the year was pretty damn good. Mm. Marshawn Lattimore, pretty damn good corner. Their safeties, I know one of them couldn't tackle, which <laughs> led to the Rams being in the Super Bowl. Not the Rams. Two years ago. Two years led ago. to the Vikings beating them. But there's too much talent on that team. There's too much cohesion and for a team 
you would think that heartbreaking moment of past interference and there, there might be a thing there and then they, they might take a step back. They might not be able to get over that moment. The same thing happened basically the year before with that missed tackle. I don't know what's How worse. could they get over it, right? See, here's the thing. But we talked about this whole the pass interference thing and how a certain head coach overthought the whole thing. He got cute. Yep. And it cost him. Yep. And all this this whole offseason, what have we heard from the New Orleans Saints? That could have been us. Yeah. That pass interference. Like to this day, basically. To this day. And and it'll be their whole rallying cry if you if you want for the regular season. But I can see this having a big effect on the psyche of a team because look, you know what? You can get over the missed tackle. You really can. But now you're gonna have this thing of us versus the refs. Because the refs cost us. And you watch. Exactly. You watch because their owner's the one who bitched and complained uh-huh. to have this new stupid fucking rule where every pass interference can basically be reviewed now. A judgment call, I might add. Uh-huh. You watch how many games it costs these guys. Michael Thomas is a big fella. You're telling me some of these guys, he's not going to push off once in a while, someone who kind of plays him a little uptight? Oh, that would be so perfect. Okay. Oh, my God. If the first pass interference call to either be overturned or awarded via replay is against the Saints. Oh. It's going it, to oh. – this, this – that play – Owns real estate in every new, especially in Sean Payton's head. Oh yeah, he's wearing it, a goddamn clown shirt. It at his own, end of year, yeah. remember that? Like, the bar, if you don't know what we're talking about, Barstool is a Goodell clown shirt. Yeah, and he was wearing it during his end of season like, press conference. The thing, the thing of the whole, the he's whole, wearing it under a polo though. I will note yeah. because he wasn't that he didn't have that much balls because he is Sean Payton. Yeah, you know he sits on the sideline with his like choking things, but he ain't got no real balls to do anything yeah. other than whine to his owner so that maybe they can get this yeah. rule changed. Because like, fuck you, Sean Payton. That's why. Did he think that Roger Goodell was going to turn in the hundred year history of the NFL? Has there ever been a game? That a commissioner has ever overturned? No, because of a ref. Because of a, a well, miscall. Okay, I say no. There could be. There could be. But, but as far as I as know, as far as my knowledge pertains, there's never been a game overturned. And in recent memory, we've seen lots of it. We watched someone lose a perfect game in the MLB because of a bad call by an ump. An ump. Yeah. Okay. Armando Galarraga. They, That's did, the one you're talking about. Yeah. With Jim Joyce. Yeah. Did they like? They obviously it's an upsetting thing and and everything, but. He did not. They did not own real estate in in someone's head. No, like this. That play owns real estate, and it lives rent free in Sean Payton's head. And if you don't think there'll be times this season when, excuse me, when things come up, this is you're gonna see. Like this is this is the only thing the Saints care about, and they're not a Super Bowl team. They're now, good. Now, something I'd like to add to that about this time last year. Talking about the NFC South. Talking about what I thought about the New Orleans Saints. Explaining that people around the league thought Drew Brees had lost a little something on that ball. By the end of last year, it was obvious he had lost something. What happens this year? You only get worse. Because there's only one quarterback that's been able to deal with this. And if you watch it, Tom Brady's arm is, he's got a noodle arm. He cannot chuck it like he used to. 
Look, that throw. But he's Gronk, able that, to get the ball around. And that throw to Gronk, like that, like it floats. It's not like how it used to be the no. Brady balls, where it's like it got on you. Yeah, like you turn around, it's there. Like now, it kind of floats. There's a chance to play it. And you're telling me that this season that can't happen again. And we watched like our team's gonna play the Saints differently because they really don't. Ha- you mentioned uh, Michael Thomas. And Alvin Kamara, mm-hmm. there's no. It's Alvin Kamara is the only guy there now, so that's more snaps that he's going to be seeing, and because Melvin Ingram is is up in in Baltimore, and who's their wide receivers, other than Michael Thomas, uh, Ted, Ted, Ted Ginn, G- who's hurt, who's hurt, Traquan Smith, Austin Carr. Actually, they're they're backup running backs now. Latavius Murray. That's what I was looking for. So another big, back. but again, a, but, but not, but here's not the thing. A guy that he's doesn't not have Melvin the, Ingram. Yeah, I was about. To, uh, Sorry, not Melvin Ingram. Uh, Brit. No. Oh my God, this is gonna bother me now. Mark Ingram. Oh my Sorry. God. Sorry. Sorry. But yeah, no, no. I know what you mean. Like, no, no. It's it's also Mark Ingram has a history of being an established back. Mm-hmm. Latavius Murray has a history of being a disappointing backup. Yeah. Remember all the money he just signed to be the Vikings backup, and now he's already on the Saints. Yeah. Right. Remember when he was the Raiders feature back? That didn't last very long. This team, to me, is just going to be living in the past, and I don't see them even like they'll they'll win the division. But I said it's going to be a street fight between them and Atlanta, like like an actual street fight, and it might culminate in what week? Let's look. Are you trying to find the matchup? The last matchup. The last matchup is week thirteen. Could culminate in thanks in Thanksgiving. Actually, on Thanksgiving, ironically enough. Oh, Christ, I'll be in Dallas, too. So, oh. it's the third game, so you might be able to... Oh, we will watch that. Watch it from the RV. Or I will watch you that. You will. I'll be watching it for sure. Uh, oh, I'll watch it. Don't worry, I'll watch it. I'll be fine. But, yeah, that's, like, that, that's the thing with New Orleans. Yeah. So, on paper... On paper, yeah. You gotta, on paper, you, that's why we've ranked them like this. But... A lot of question marks still. Who's their second wide receiver? Are you telling me teams this year aren't really going to just say screw it? We're just, you know what? We'll take our chance. We'll double Kamara. We'll double uh, Michael Thomas. I keep wanting to say Michael Evans for whatever Mike reason. Mike Evans? I just want to keep saying Mike Evans. I don't know why. But they need a second wide receiver. Ted Ginn? Trey Quan Smith. Yeah, that really scares me. It scares me. I'm so scared. But I'll <laughs> draft him because, hey, you know what? He might get some touchdowns. Yeah. Why the fuck not? But that is the NFC South, and that is all the time we have for today. This is the Last Word Podcast. I'm Steve Artabello. I'm Angela Lippa. And until next time, see ya. See ya. Put it in a Uber, send it to a shooter. Ask me how they do it, kick it shit right, you can. Put it in a cab, send it to an A-Rab. Hit them with the mat now, nice whole body scalp. Cash on delivery. Hey, go talk of the century. Oh, no time for gibberish. All the critics hearing this. All the bitches lipstick. And her pussy slippery. I can call a troop. Go by the name.